G'day everybody, my name is Elliot Waters and you're listening to the Dysregulated Podcast. As always, thank you for tuning in. So today's episode, it's another of the fortnightly check-ins. It's been a while since I've done an episode, so uh, we, I'll explain that as well because there's been a bit going on. Some of it good, some of it not so good. So let's start with the not so good. Um, I think I've said in a few previous episodes lately how when I have my days off from work, all I seem to do is sleep. I sleep all day, I sleep all night, we just sleep, sleep, sleep until pretty much have to go to work again on Monday. And that's really frustrating because, you know, it's it's working hard, that's all good, you know, through the week, but you, you've earned those days off to enjoy the fruits of your labor. That's the plan, that's the idea. But for me at the moment, it's like we're putting everything into work. Because, yeah, I'm working weird hours, you know, 5 a.m. starts, all that sort of stuff, and my sleep's never good anyway. So, you know, I'm pushing, I'm having a heap of caffeine, a heap of modafinil, you know, like pre-workout, just all these sort of stimulants just to stay awake and just keep going, um, as, along with the rest of the medications that I'm on. Um, so I, I have a funny feeling these sort of the five-day working week you know, I'm really running at 100%. You know, we've we've got the high-octane fuel in. You know, we're redlining. But, you know, you can't do that forever. Things start to wear out. And now I think we get to the weekends and I completely fall in a heap and I just sleep the whole weekend through the day, through the night. It's terrible. So, for example, um, I'm sure I've mentioned this on the show before, but I'm a huge Newcastle Knights supporter, huge Knights supporter. And I didn't even go to the Knights game on Sunday here in Newcastle because I slept. I didn't even watch it on TV. I slept all the way through. Now, for me to miss a Knights game like that is very unusual, and that, to me, is a worry. So that that's a big concern that even something as exciting as watching the Knights play, and we've been winning a few games lately too, which is awesome, um, even that wasn't enough to sort of get me out of bed and get myself moving. And that tells me that things, you know, there's something going on. And the other thing, this is the major thing that's been a problem. And this has happened the last couple of weekends too, but especially the last weekend just gone. I even had to have a day off work because it was so bad. I have been absolutely drenched in sweat. I'm telling you, dripping like my bed is soaked. It's unbelievable. It's like someone's just chucked buckets of water all over me, but it's just it's just me sweating, and I can't figure out why. You know, I don't have a fever. You know, there's no COVID. There's no cold or flu or anything like that going on. You know, I feel fine, except that I'm super fatigued, and I just can't stop sweating profusely. And I'll tell you, it is disgusting. Absolutely disgusting. Like, like, you know, I'll get up out of bed, and this is this is a great episode, this one. Just, oh, the imagery, isn't it great? Um, but, yeah, I'll get out of bed, and you look back, and there's, like, this massive, <laughs> massive wet. But it's not even a wet patch. The whole bed, the doona, everything, the pillowcases drenched. And, you know, I sit up on the edge of the bed, and the sweat is falling down my face off my nose, you know, onto the ground. Like, I'm, it's just... I can't explain. Like, look, you know, back in the day, and I hope to be doing this again soon, you know, I've done a lot of running, running marathons in hot weather, all that sort of stuff. 
None of that compares to the sweat that I've had the last couple of weekends, in particular the one just gone. Like, you know, I'd get in the shower, you know, have a shower, you know, wash everything off, whatever, be nice and clean, and step out of the shower and the sweat would keep going. It would start again. You know, I'd have to get towels and just try and dry myself off. And it's just, oh, a nightmare. And it's also a nightmare because... Because of this whole sleeping thing, I've been missing medications. I went three days without my medications. I think this is part of the story. So, you know, so that's also going on as well. We're missing medications, you know. The Our mood is suffering a little bit. The anxiety, you know, usually there's a bit of a lid on it. That lid's gone because we haven't been able to have the meds that we need to do. And the other thing is when you're constantly sleeping, you can't do, or I can't do, the coping mechanisms, the coping strategies that I would normally do, which is go outside, you know, go for a run, go for a drive, sing some songs, you know, catch up with friends or whatever. You know, if you're bedridden because you're so fatigued and you're just dripping with sweat, there is no coping mechanism or strategy really in that situation that you can use, except, I don't know, put yourself to sleep and hope that when you wake up, things will be a bit better. So, it's been hell, really. Like the last couple of weekends, like I said, have, have been like this. But this, the one just gone, has been particularly severe, and it's it's really sort of concerned me. And it's concerned me too because, you know, if I miss two, three days of meds, I tell you, we crash very, very quickly. Now, this is where people get confused. You know, people go off meds for a little bit, and then some of these symptoms return. And they think, oh my anxiety's back. And it's like, well, no, not necessarily. It's more that you're withdrawing from medications, which has caused the anxiety. So it's, you know, it's hard to differentiate if it's the not having medication um, that's causing the anxiety, for example, or if it's, um, hang on, let me explain that again. If it's the missing medications is causing the anxiety disorder to come back, or if it's missing medications, is causing withdrawal effects, which mimic anxiety. That's, yeah. So anyway, I, I'm suspecting it's more the withdrawals part, I, I think. But this is what I think is going on. Now, this is just a hunch. You know, I, I, I haven't, you know, I, I don't know if this is true or not, but at the same time, it feels like it probably is. I, I, I'm pretty confident that this could be it. I think... When I'm asleep, I've said this in earlier episodes, it hasn't been a problem as much lately, but it's come back a little bit again, which is when I sleep, I have panic attacks in my sleep. So for a while there, I remember in my fourth year at uni, which is almost two years ago now when I did my thesis, if you go back to the episodes right at the start, I talk about this um, in a bit of depth, which is, you know, quite often people who have severe mental health problems and concerns going on, like I certainly have, one way to escape, well, there's a few ways you can sort of try to escape it, you know, substance abuse is one, and, you know, I've tried that one, and that that just kicks the can down the road, and that can just seems to get bigger, so that doesn't work, and the other thing is, you just sleep, you know, you get your Seroquel, your Ketiapine, or or Olanzapine, or whatever, antipsychotic, Respiridone, and you just light up on that and you just sleep. And that's how you escape for at least a little bit, the negativity, because obviously you're asleep. But the problem is, if your dreams are causing panic and, and depression as well, 
like mine have been again more recently, which is a shame. It's hard because you can't escape it. So what I think is happening, I think the sweats, I think the sweats is because of of panic attacks that I'm having while I'm sleeping. I think part of it is too, is that, so I need to be really productive or else I get the shits very easily, you know. I really need to be achieving things. I did that episode a couple of ones um, before about getting early wins in the day. And it's so important for me that I need to achieve certain things or else the whole day is a write-off and it's a complete waste of time and I'm in the worst mood. It's just shocking. So I really need to be getting stuff done. Even on my days off, I need to be working hard. And if I'm getting to the end of the week and I'm just sleeping all the time, in my head, in these dreams, I am thinking of things that I should be doing. And then I wake up in a pool of sweat and I think it's because in my dreams I'm having these panic attacks. So I, I have a I have a sneaky suspicion that this flood of sweat that I've been experiencing is because of a panic attack. And I think the panic attack is happening in my dreams because subconsciously, um, you know, there's forces there saying we should be achieving things right now. We're not doing it. We're failing. You know, this is a huge, huge problem. Oh my God, you know, what are we going to do? And that's sort of what I'm contending with in my dreams. And the fact that I wake up drenched in sweat, anxiety riddled, you know, just a depressive mood hanging over my head, it tells me that in my dreams I haven't been able to sort out those problems. And I think the only way really I can sort out those problems is by not sleeping so much and getting stuff done. But it's very difficult when you don't sleep well during the week. You're on, you know, I get up at 10 to 4 every morning to go to work. And, you know, we know how important that, you know, sleep wake cycles are, your circadian rhythms are, in particular to bipolar disorder, which I also have. So it's very important, you know, stable sleep patterns is so important for people with bipolar disorder, but also BPD, also uh, the anxiety disorders, you know, the depression and mood disorders, you know, having interrupted sleep is not good for any of them, but bipolar in particular, in particular is, is right at the top of that list. So I think that's a big problem. I go through the week. I'm not having good sleep. I'm using all these stimulants just to, you know, get to work and put in a big effort. And I might add putting in a great effort. Um, but then I finish work and I'll do other things. I should be doing other projects I'm working on. And, you know, whereas maybe I should be having a nap in the afternoon, but I don't do that because I've got, I've got stuff to do. You know, my inner critic is saying, if you don't complete this sort of stuff, you're failing. And, you know, that is anxiety provoking, certainly. But when we get to the weekend, like I said, I fall asleep. I don't achieve the things, that whatever it is I'm meant to be achieving. And I think I'm having these huge panic attacks in my sleep. And when I wake up, it's just, it's all happening. It is all happening. And it's, oh, it's shocking. It is shocking. And, and like I said, um, I don't want to trivialize this fact. This is important too. The fact that I'm missing all my medications three days in a row of no meds, like that is a huge, huge problem. And I can tell you on the, um, on the uh, sorry, Tuesday, just gone. Today's, what's today? Thursday. 
Friday. Today's Friday. There we go. Tuesday this week, I'd have a day off work, which I hate doing. I hate it because you cannot give in to your mental illnesses when it comes to this sort of stuff. You've just got to get to work. I'm going to do an episode on that, how important that is because, yeah, I've learned that over the years that you, you just, you really got to try and get to work. But Tuesday, I just was not able to. And I tell you, the sweat was dripping, but my mood plummeted big time, big time. And I'll admit, you know, was there some suicidal ideation going on? Yes, there was, and there hasn't been that for a very long time. There was a lot of rumination about things in the past that, you know, weren't really relevant at this point, you know, past relationships, mistakes that I've made, you know, over different things. It it all just come flooding in. And because I didn't have the medications, those walls that usually I have to keep those thoughts out, they just weren't there. And it was, oh, I tell you, Tuesday was hell. It was shocking. Like it was, do we go to the hospital sort of stuff? Thankfully, I was able to pull myself out of it, which, you know, that also shouldn't be trivialized because in the past I wouldn't have been able to, whereas, you know, I was able to, which is great. But man, we we went downhill very, very quickly. It was a very steep decline. And I'll tell you, it scared the living daylights out of me because it shows that those real negative thoughts, they're still there. They're in my psyche. They haven't left yet because the medication's not going to get rid of them. The medication's going to sort of put a lid on them. It's the psychotherapy that is going to get rid of them, which I'm still not doing much of because it all costs money that I don't necessarily have. So anyway, on that mo- on that note, if you want to join the Patreon and support me and the show, feel free patreon.com forward slash Elliot Waters. That would be amazing. Um, But yes, so that is some of the bad news that's been happening. I I cannot explain like how much perspiration there was. It was unbelievable. Anyway, anyway, enough of that because it's disgusting and I'm starting to sweat now just thinking about it. Let's look at some good things. So there's a few projects that I'm working on at the moment, which is awesome. So I've been accepted as part of the Lived Experience Advisory Panel with the Every Mind Institute, which is a wonderful, wonderful mental health institute based here in Newcastle, which is even better, but it's a national organization and they do some really... I've had my eye on Every Mind for a while um, and then this opportunity popped up. I have a friend actually who will be on this show soon enough when I finally get around to getting these interviews going. She works there and she said, Elliot, I think this is a great opportunity for you. And I'll tell you what, it has been. And um, that's it's really awesome. So I'm very proud of the fact that I've been chosen as part of this panel. Um, what else has been happening? I was chosen again to be part of a group, 20 of us, um, the big movers and shakers, it seems, of the mental health sort of realm here in Newcastle. And yours truly was selected as one of the 20, which was really, really cool. So we're doing a few meetings. Black Dog, the Black Dog Institute is running them. It's all about community engagement sort of stuff. So this is really right up my alley. So the reason I was chosen was because of the man walk that I run here and a few other initiatives that I've got going here in in the local community as well. So this is a great opportunity to, to network, but also 
you know, see what other people are doing. Maybe some of their stuff can complement my stuff, you know, vice versa. Maybe I can do some things and help them out. Um, because what we sort of identified, and, and I was the one that sort of brought this up because, you know, I'm there as well because of my lived experience. And as far as I'm aware, I'm the only person who's there specifically in part for their lived experience. So, you know, as far as I'm concerned, my my opinion is 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 right up there. And I said that, that Newcastle has a lot of, of mental health initiatives going on. There's a lot of things going on, but they're all running parallel to each other. There's no sort of synergy. There's no sort of overarching goal that we're all working towards. Don't get me wrong, we're all working towards, you know, generally speaking, improving mental health outcomes in our community, but we're sort of doing it separately. And I think the the idea of this is getting all us together and being like, right, I think if we put all our skills and our knowledge and, and, and the initiatives that we're doing already, if we can sort of pull that together and sort of work on that as a team, you know, we'll, we'll probably get some better results for the local community, which is exactly what we want. So that's been really good. It's been really, yeah, and, and it it's sort of, it's been very validating because, you know, I spoke about my inner critic so many times and it's still a huge, huge, you know, problem of mine, unfortunately. Again, something I need to really attack in therapy, but being chosen for the lived experience group with every mind, you know, being chosen for this, this group, you know, the movers and shakers, it seems, of the mental health in Newcastle, that sort of tells me, you know what? maybe we are actually doing something that's pretty good and that inner critic needs to zip it because, you know, maybe we're actually going all right and we should keep going, which is good. So, um, yeah, and there's a few other little things on the horizon as well. I'm not going to go through all of them, but there is quite a few little projects I'm working on and it is, it's really good. It's really good because I'd like to think I have something to offer this space, the mental health sort of space, and um, it's it's great to get the opportunity to um, sort of test that theory and see what we can do. So early days, but fingers crossed, you know, we might get some things moving, and hopefully, I'll be a big part of that. That would be that would be so awesome. Um, and just one last thing too, with the inner critic thing. Um, once again, just recently, because as you may have noticed, that long term listeners that. Well, the people who have kept up with the episodes lately, it's been a while since I've done one. And partly it's been because, you know, I've been out of action with this whole sweating thing. Um, but it's also partly been because that inner critic has sort of been saying, oh, you know, you know, you've done this podcast for a while now. Maybe it's time to sort of, you know, wrap it up. But then I got a message today from a loyal listener who I who I know um, in real life, but I haven't seen for a long time, former work colleague. Um and this was just out of the blue, haven't spoken to him in a while, um, but he messaged and said that um, he is now seeking therapy and he's, he's going to go to a, a ward and sort of get himself all sorted. And he credits my story and the fact that I've been sort of down that road and I've been talking about it on here. He said that was a huge help and one of the main reasons why he's decided to um, to pursue that and, and that sort of stuff. You know, it's it's it, it, I could bloody cry. It's it's so so powerful and profound that you know me talking rubbish on this podcast can have that sort of effect. Now, don't get me wrong, I don't have this sort of god complex, definitely not. 
but at the same time, like that's that's pretty cool, and I think that's something that I should, you know, I should take that on board and you know use that as evidence against the inner critic and say, look, hey, there's someone that seems to be enjoying it. That's pretty cool, and I think that in itself is enough to keep going and you know you know try and break the stigma down and and make this whole process a bit a bit easier for people and and maybe people would be a bit more comfortable you know if somehow my story can help do that well I'll tell you what that's that's one of the greatest honors I think there there is really so yeah that that was really good and I really 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 needed that and it was it was so great to read that message so yeah, I just thought I'd put it out there and, you know, I, don't, I hope I don't come off as showboating or anything. I, you know, that's probably, again, the inner critic imposter syndrome thing going. But, but yeah, I thought that was a nice bit of feedback. And, and yeah, I thought I would uh, I'd put it out there because, as I said, the inner critic is just, is just chattering away. But here is some real tangible evidence. This isn't some made-up stuff that, you know, that I'm trying to be, you know, that the inner critic's trying to just sort of, you know, make me believe things that aren't real, you know, a bit of gaslighting. This is real tangible feedback. And it says, you know what, Ellie, you're doing, you're doing a good thing. And that means the world to me. Anyway, that is it. That is it. I am just finished work and I'm sitting in the car, another episode in the car, because the acoustics are just so good in here and there is no one around and my social anxiety is pretty, pretty happy with that. So, Thank you, everybody, for listening. As always, thank you. If you want to follow the show on Instagram, please do at thedysregulated.podcast. If you want to follow me, uh, you can follow me at elliot.t.waters, also on Instagram. And as I said a bit earlier on, if you want to support the show and keep ads off, and most importantly, help me get into therapy, uh, you can join the Patreon. It's $10 a month. $10 $10 a month. Come on. It's not that much, is it? It is for some of it is for me. Um, but if 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 you are able to donate $10 a month, that would be greatly appreciated and that would help pay the bills to keep this podcast going and it would definitely go towards me getting some therapy, which would be amazing as well. But anyway, that's all for me today. Thank you for listening as always. And I will see you next time here on the Dysregulated Podcast.